Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt Bellisai. I'm here in the studio across the table from my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt. Wow, I get to see your... I could touch you right now, but I won't because... Because be no touching disgusting. the merchandise, okay? <laughs> this this body has gone untouched. <laughs> uh, we are trapped in a room together for the first time in like a year. This is the first time that I've had to wear more than just underwear and a t-shirt in the last year to record. I'm honored that you put on clothes in order to do this. It is very official. We're back in an actual studio in a room that yeah. is that is made for this and not just my extra bedroom that I converted into a studio. What's coming up on today's episode? Well, a lot of the same shit as always. You, uh, Who would have thought? Who would have guessed? We're going to kick things off as always with Horse Things First, where I shout about the stupidest, most ridiculous worst news of the week. After that, we're diving deep into going back to events. Because Barry and I, we went to an event uh, this week and completely forgot how to be humans. And now uh, we need to vent about it. It was really atrocious. And um, I I don't know how I functioned. Um, just it was not really great. just, yeah, faux pas after faux pas. <laughs> just embarrassment after embarrassment. And then finally, we've got comedian Joe Firestone back on the pod. Hold for applause, please. <laughs> Everybody is just screaming with joy. Uh, yeah. Yes, back by popular demand. And by popular demand, we mean that we still think about our first interview with Joe Firestone. It is always a pleasure uh, hearing people... (laughs) 
discovering the pod for the first time, going back, listening to all of our back episodes, and then getting to the Joe Firestone episode and being like, what the fuck is happening on this podcast? It's like a transitional moment in our podcast, really. Yeah, I love Joe so much. She's a comedian here in New York, and we had a Zoom interview, and we're leaving it all in. <laughs> Not actually, but most of it. And if you want to hear the whole thing, you can go to www.patreon.com slash Exactly. For the full video of our complete interview. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, horse things first. Let's chat about the worst news of the week. First, a commercial lobster diver was 45 feet deep in the waters of Provincetown. Okay, gay. When he felt a huge bump and everything went dark. What? Turns out he was inside of a whale's mouth. (laughs) Okay, Jonah who? (laughs) He'd been consumed by a humpback whale. (laughs) This is a real story that took place this week. So this man, he thought he'd been attacked. This is literally Finding Nemo shit. Yeah, this is biblical. We've gone back thousands of years. You thought, oh, everyone's like, oh, the Bible's just a metaphor. It's not wrong. (laughs) Do you think this person's going to be like lauded as a prophet? Probably. I'd follow him. We probably should be scared that like most of the Old Testament has come true in the past year. (laughs) Um, He thought he'd been attacked by a shark, which is common in the waters around Provincetown. But then he realized that he could not feel any teeth and he wasn't in any pain. This is a direct quote. Then I realized, oh, my God, I'm in a whale's mouth and he's trying to swallow me. (laughs) Should I try a Boston accent? Absolutely. Then I realized, oh, my God, I'm in a whale's mouth. (laughs) And he's trying to swallow me. (laughs) I don't even understand how you think that could be Bostonian. I just do. I do the like. Kennedy thing. I know. I know. And I thought to myself, okay, this is it. No, (laughs) I went Chicago. Fully fully Midwestern. (laughs) I'm finally, I'm going to (laughs) die. No, I mean, he did think he was going to die. Obviously, he was inside (laughs) of a whale. Also, I feel like all of the like stories you're told about this situation is you're like you just get swallowed by it and then you pull out your sword and you cut through the stomach and it's like in reality like no yeah, that's not nothing that's not gonna, ever prepared you for this you don't have a sword on you yeah what are you supposed to he's diving for lobsters so he's got those tiny little those God. tiny little pliers <laughs> and a thing of butter that's all he was equipped with he estimates that he was in the whale's mouth for about 30 seconds which is about 29 seconds longer than I would ever like to be in a whale's mouth. Absolutely. I would do it for a second, but that's it. Then I'm I'm tapping out. But he continued to breathe because he still was wearing his breathing apparatus. Honestly, 45 feet down also is too far down. No. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, then the whale surfaced. It shook its head and spit him out. And he was rescued by a crewmate that was in the surface boat. Can you imagine if a whale came up and then spit out your coworker? (laughs) (laughs) Completely unexpected. You're like, oh shit, a whale. Wait, is that Mike? (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, that is so scary. It's a beautiful though. image. Um, I love this. Charles Stormy Mayo. <laughs> Why does the scientist get a nickname? Also, if your last name is Mayo and your nickname isn't Mayo, yes. something's wrong. Charles Stormy Mayo, a senior scientist and whale expert at the Center for Coastal Studies in Provincetown, uh, told the, the newspaper that such human whale encounters are rare. Yeah. Shocking. Scientist Mayo also pointed out that humpbacks are not aggressive and that this was most likely an accidental encounter while the whale was feeding on fish. Because he was looking like a snack. That you got to be careful. Yeah. You go into the deep ocean looking like a snack, you're going to get ate. <laughs> Maybe he was trying to be sexual. Mm. Maybe the whale just went in for a little booty hole lick <laughs> and accidentally ate him whole. Next. I do love this story. Frankie, a 16-year-old tabby cat, not the name of a cat, by the way, was the name of my wiener dog. So anyway, Frankie the cat went missing from his home in Cheshire, which is somewhere in the UK. I don't know where. Isn't that where cats were born? Probably. The, che- the, the Cheshire, Cheshire cats, cat? at least. Only smiling cats. Only cats <laughs> with a full mouth of human teeth are born in Cheshire. Presumably, Frankie is one of them. Some days later, after he went missing, this bunch of search parties turned up empty-handed. And then his owner found him dead Aww. on the side of a motorway. No. They had him cremated. They brought his ashes home in a box. And then... Frankie reappeared alive and well, walked up to their house, fully alive. Turns out the family fully cremated someone else's cat (laughs) that they just found on the side of the road that looked like Frankie. I just, I'm sorry to cat people, but I feel like this would not happen with a dog. Like, you really can't tell that that's not your cat. Well, it didn't specify, like, what state of uh, togetherness this roadkill was in. Oh, God. But still, I mean, apparently enough for them to be able to say, like, that looks like Frankie. Frankie, yeah. Yeah. I just love that the kid, the seven-year-old kid, Remy, named after the rat, most likely, declared, it's a miracle we thought he had died. That's my accent. It's very solid. (laughs) They're all just cockney. (laughs) Yeah, I just love how absurd it is that they just found a cat and cremated it. Or just like best guess. Honestly, if we can't get the real thing, we'll take what's closest to it. Or the other explanation, Frankie is the Jesus of cats. And finally, just in case you forgot about these guys, scientists found a dead murder hornet north of Seattle, and it is the first confirmed report of a murder hornet in the U.S. this year. Oh, great. At least it's dead. Yeah, I guess they're seasonal. So that's why you haven't heard about murder hornets in a while, because they're not, like, around in the wintertime. But they're back. Well, entomologists, bug nerds, a.k.a. bug nerds, say it appears to be unrelated to the 2019 and 2020 murder hornet findings in Canada and along the Canadian border that is up near Seattle. So is that supposed to make me feel better? No. Okay, good, because it doesn't. Right. They were like, this is this is a new one. (laughs) I think, though, it's pretty good that it's happening now while the cicadas are happening, because in my mind, they're going to fight. 
Godzilla King Kong style. Yeah, sure. Which, you know, famously for the people who are just kind of onlookers <laughs> in that battle, they are always fine. <laughs> yeah, totally. Nothing bad ever happens to them. No. It's not like whole cities get brought <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> So, once again, murder hornets are not particularly aggressive towards humans, um, although their sting is extremely painful and it can kill you. (laughs) Fine print. But they are much more of a threat to honeybees, and uh, they attack hives, and they destroy them in hours, and they decapitate bees, and uh, scientists call this the slaughter phase. So... Uh, we all not go through great. it. Yeah, they're they're a bad species, and they can bring uh, an entire ecosystem to its knees. So, okay, respect. Um, but yes, in this sounds latest... like a bunch of girl bosses to me. <laughs> sure. Uh, in this latest sighting, this resident in Seattle uh, or Spokane, to be exact, found the dead hornet on his lawn uh, and reported it. And then th- these bug nerds came in, and they were like, "Yep." guess what we got here? A real dried up male hornet. They said because it was dry and because it's earlier than a male hornet would typically be found, they do suspect that it is just a dead one from an earlier season, but Mm. perhaps an undiscovered one. But they have no idea how it got there because no other hornets were spotted like last year. Great, cricket, great. Um, but yeah, I guess everybody is encouraged to like, you know, if you see something, say something regarding murder hornets. Keep your eyes open. I do love that, you know, it's like just in time for us all to be heading outdoors. Guess who shows up? Murder hornets. Also ticks. They're on the rise and it makes oh. me very upset. No, that's why I never go into the woods. Ever. That's it for this week's Worst Things First. If you want to hear and see even more stories that were brutally cut from this week's episode, you can head to my Patreon, patreon.com slash for all of those bonus Worst Things First stories from this week. Next, we're diving deep into why I shouldn't be allowed back at events. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. Deep dive, 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 deep dive. All right. Well, society is opening back up, and you know what that means. So are these legs. Oh! <laughs> Am I right, ladies? Lovely summer. <laughs> um, but also, events are happening. You know events. You know, they're like a step up from gatherings, but not quite like the level of a party. Mm. It's usually during a weekday. It's less than like a full-blown night out, but it's more than just a happy hour. There are events, premieres, book releases, gallery openings, adult circumcisions. Ooh, love those ones. Yeah. The events, there's things that you don't necessarily want to go to, but you get invited to anyway. And now you're here in a room full of strangers guzzling down as much of an open bar as you can get your mouth on. But apart from free booze and finger foods, neither of which are even guaranteed, yeah, events, they do have their drawbacks. You you really never truly know what you're stepping into until you get there. Case in point, this week, I was invited to an event. 
Uh, let me just read the invite, okay? It said, the invite said, you and a guest are invited to join director and actor at a special screening of the hitman's wife's bodyguard. Cocktails and hors d'oeuvres at 6.30 p.m. Screening begins at 7.30 p.m. That was it. But said the location. That was it. Whole whole email. And I guess I should we should clarify. You know, sometimes in New York, it's like you get invited to like a screening or something. It's like a press screening. Exactly. Like, yes, I am in that weird kind of middle ground where I do like I'll attend something as like a comedian and an influencer. <laughs> but then also as the host of a podcast and as someone who has worked in media, like you get invited just as like a, a quote unquote journalist. Yeah, to like then maybe write about the movie or something. We right. thought it was that camp. <laughs> yeah. We were very wrong. Um, now, you were my plus one. I was, famously. We both agreed beforehand that we would dress casually. Nothing about this invite made it sound like it would be a formal event. It was a screening, not a premiere. Yep. I actually was wearing something even less casual, and I was like, is this okay? And you were like, maybe put on like <laughs> something a little nicer. And I was like, okay. So I switched from a t-shirt to a button-down. Yeah. I, I was wearing a pair of dark jeans and a sharp t-shirt, I would say. I hadn't washed my hair in approximately five days, I think. Um, but I was like, I'll put on this headband. It'll be totally fine because it's a screening room. It'll be dark. And this is not an event. I was wearing a baseball cap, yep. which was probably, I think if I hadn't been wearing the hat, it would have been fine. But also, I was wearing the hat for a specific reason, which was that I got a very weird sunburn on the thinning hairline in, in my front. It's like, you know, when a little kid goes as Dracula for Halloween and they yep. paint like a little black <laughs> like V on their forehead. That was what my <laughs> hairline looked like, except it was just tomato red. And then the rest <laughs> of my face was pale. So I had to cover that up with a hat. And then we get there. We arrived outside of this hotel where it was happening, which was a very nice hotel, which probably should have tipped us off. Sure, um, maybe. Immediately see this woman in a stunning dress. A woman who I looked up later. Turns out she's Miss Universe 2020. <laughs> We were fully underdressed, fully under underprepared for this. It was, again, no indication that this was going to be some type of formal event. No. Anyway, we get inside. I will admit the outfit choices all over the place. Some other people were in casual jeans and tee, that kind of situation. One person was in a floor-length gown. Yep. <laughs> Full um, prom vibe. She definitely, I think, went in the far other direction and mm -hmm. probably felt just as ridiculous as I don't did. think so. I think that she felt fantastic. <laughs> I do forget, I guess, that like this is New York. Every time you go to buy like toilet paper, right. you, you have to dress and assume that like people are going to see you. But yeah, it really spanned the whole spectrum of fashion options. Also, one guy was clearly a male model and he was in black jeans and a tank top. And it worked because he was hot enough. It's so rude how that happens, yeah. you know? I mean, it just goes to show it doesn't truly matter what you're wearing as long as you're hot enough to pull it off, which was our first mistake, <laughs> not being hot enough. Um, but the point is, this night was was full of faux pas, multiple faux pas. Besides all of this, I wanted to go through some of the ways that events in general are just terrible. You know, invite me to your shit. The movie was a lot of fun. You know, I, I I wouldn't do anything differently. <laughs> Honestly, same. <laughs> but like, yeah, I'd love to attend events. Okay. That being said, there are a lot of things that are going to take a little bit longer to get used to again. So let's get into it. First, 
The hors d'oeuvre situation can really be hit or miss. Mm -hmm. Uh, The amount of cachet that uh, the hors d'oeuvre situation holds in terms of my opinion of the night is like 90%. I was going to say 95%. Uh, but it's like, yeah, do I eat beforehand? Do I take the risk and show up hungry and then be disappointed by a tray full of tuna tartare, which I would I would rank down at all the way at the bottom. Yeah, that's not a good finger food. Unequivocally, the worst hors d'oeuvre, tuna tartare. What's the best? Everybody knows mac and cheese balls mm. are supreme. I also think that like when you're serving something on a little tray and you're expected to just like plop it in your mouth, it needs to be very clearly a one bite situation. You can't be second guessing. Is this going to take two bites or not? And then if you put the whole thing in your mouth and then suddenly you like can't like speak or like do anything and you have to put your hand in front of your mouth because you're embarrassed. You can't be embarrassed eating a food at an event because everyone should be eating these little hors d'oeuvres. I will also say that the people very clearly knew to come up to us because we kept <laughs> taking the food, <laughs> whereas everyone else was like, no, yeah, thank you. We and we were, were like, absolutely, <laughs> come this way. We'll take seconds. Don't even worry about it. We got you. Next! We kind of covered this, but it is very frustrating whenever there is not an agreed-upon dress code. Events should specify what the dress code is. Just tell me what to wear and I will deliver. Tell me what the theme is and I'll show up ready to go. Okay? Everyone should take a a lesson from Miss Santa Winter. Okay? The Met Gala, it's got a theme every year. Very specific instructions. Yes. And she has to approve it all. Exactly. And I think, like, had you been able to email back and be like, cool, I was planning on wearing this, they would have been like, oh, no, honey, like, you need to dress up more. And then we've been like, great, fantastic. Would have loved to know that ahead of time. Yeah. This way, I'm only embarrassing myself in front of one person on a computer and not a room full of people that includes Neve from Catfish. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I forgot that Anna Winter approves everyone, which really makes me question some of the outfits I've seen. I mean, I think some of it is her being like, (laughs) yeah, I want to see you wear that. The one like that revenge, sticks in my yes. mind, honestly, the most as like the biggest fail is that when the theme was camp and Arnold Schwarzenegger's son was there, who was like an actor, I sure. forget his name, Patrick, maybe. And he was dressed as like a cowboy as if he were taking the word camp, literally like camping. camping yeah. Because it was like b- literally blue jeans and like cowboy boots and like... <laughs> Not at all in on like, this is camp. It's like, it was like camping. Right. I find it very hard to believe that Anna Winter would have said yes to that. He had to have gone rogue. (laughs) Next. Also, what time are you supposed to show up at these things? Do you arrive on time or do you arrive fashionably late? That is the question always. Never early. Don't show up early. No, no. Unless, yeah, unless you're working this event, do not show up early. Uh, I would say commonly everybody believes that it is better to arrive fashionably late because then you can make an entrance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then the party has gotten going. You know, you kind of saunter in. You can make you can make your impressions then. I would say it's better to get there on the earlier side because then you can set up camp. You can hit the bar you know, take advantage of that open bar sooner. Start start that relationship with the bartender so that they get to you faster than other people because you guys are in the know, you know? Right. I do, yeah, the, the, 
the tipping situation is always difficult at these mm-hmm. things because yes. I'm like, is it insulting? <laughs> I don't think it's ever really insulting to tip someone. No, money's always good. But I always feel a little bit like it's like a declaration of power. <laughs> <laughs> I just need someone to tell me. Like, right. I, I understand if you don't want to have the tip jar out, but like you could have like a little sign that says like, Tips appreciated. Yeah, tips appreciated. And it's like, great, now I know. I don't want to look like a dick. And finally, I just really don't miss, in general, waiting for drinks at a bar, Mm -mm. which is now uh, a feeling that I have been reaccustomed to multiple nights, Mm -hmm. and I hate it. Mm -hmm. I don't like waiting for anything. Do you know how long I had to wait at at Bar Belisai over the last year? Not long. (laughs) (laughs) I went from zero to blackout in less time than it takes me to order one water at this point yeah the fun thing about re like re going out again is remembering that so many bars like they never want you to ask them for water they'll just put out like a a trough full (laughs) with like a ladle in it and you're just supposed to scoop your own water (laughs) i hate that i hate when you're at a place and i'm i'll wait and then i'll ask for a water and they're like oh there's a gatorade jug in the corner (laughs) And it's like you have to go to the end and fill up like a little cone of water. And that's it for this week's Deep Dive. Next, we got the one and only Joe Firestone back on the pod right after this commercial break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My guest complainer today is comedian, actor, writer, Joe Firestone. You know and love her from TV shows like Shrill, Joe Para Talks With You, also podcasts, Dr. Game Show, Everyday Decisions, and also Unhappy Hour because Joe is a returning guest. We still get DMs about when you were on the pod all the way back in 2018. Oh my God. Welcome back to the show. Joe. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's so nice to be part part of the Pineapple Media Company. Thank you. <laughs> yes. You would just shout out the parent company. Give give our <laughs> podcast no credit, <laughs> but sure. <laughs> Do you want to thank, I don't know, Lionsgate while you're at it? Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Lionsgate, for having me on this production. Um, okay. Well, we'll ask you the question that we we always start with, which is, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? Okay. I think that, um, I think alcohol makes me sick. And I know this is going to be a bad thing to do on your podcast, <laughs> but it makes me sick. And I don't know what... What are you supposed to do? Um, okay, so elaborate because alcohol makes everybody sick. It's not supposed to make you feel better. Yeah, it's po- 
poison. It turns right. me into poison. It liquefies my bowels. It makes <laughs> me feel sick. I don't know what to do about it. Because you think, you say, let's get a drink. Mm-hmm. That means two drinks. Right. At least. At least two drinks. Yeah. Okay. By drink 0.5, I'm saying, uh-oh, I'm sick. <laughs> Okay, I don't want to get too personal if you don't want to, but but from context clues that I'm picking up, um, this is a stomach issue, perhaps. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Because I'm not not projecting onto onto that. That is is what you're saying. Yeah. What is it that you're drinking? Do we want to, do we want to, you know, call out specific alcohols, put them specific alcohols on blast? Okay, I've tried the browns, I've tried the reds, uh-huh. I've tried the whites, I've tried the yellows. I don't know what other colors to go for. I do think beer is the one that upsets my stomach the most. But it's usually like the next day. It's not a half a half in. This doesn't help you at all, but... No. Okay, here's the thing. Is I just... Okay, so the worst one is the browns. That's uh-huh. the worst one. Okay, your whiskeys, your rums. Right. My favorite. Yeah, of course, of course. It's it's a you know everybody that says ah you know I got my life together. They love the brown ones. Okay, well half of yeah. that statement is true. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then and then there's the you know the real uh, the the tricky ones in your life. They like the clears. Uh huh. Yeah. Because the clear alcohol is what people who think that they're being healthy trick themselves into drinking. Mm-hmm. Clear, it seems, you know. It seems like can, less calories or whatever. You can but it's, see through it. Yeah. It's not It's yeah. not any better or worse. Yeah. It's like how a gummy bear is, is healthier than, you know, a Starburst because you can see through it. Yeah. I've never thought about that, but that is, I, I can't imagine why that wouldn't be true. Mm-hmm. I'm with you, though. I feel like, especially after the last year, my ability to bounce back after even a single drink I need at least 12 hours of recovery per drink that I consume. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) that is the conversion. 48 hours. (laughs) If I have four drinks, then I will need at least two days. Uh That is not even a joke. (laughs) That's just what, where my body is at now. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, okay. So I didn't think that I would bring this up, but. You know, I just kind of learned about this thing called uh, juice flight. Uh, okay, explain. Okay, and that's where you go to a restaurant, you get four different juices. Right, okay. They're little cups, yeah. little litty cups. I, I do love the specification of restaurant. <laughs> and this is not like a juice shop you're going to, or, or so, this is a restaurant that is serving you a juice flight. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you could also do it at like a hotel breakfast bar. You could make a little juice fight. I just think that that is really a cool thing. And I just wonder why maybe bars, maybe you could order, you can't really order juice. No. Mostly because like the orange juice and the cranberry juice that they have, I don't know if you consider that juice. Mm-hmm. But the juice is a perfect drink and it tastes the best. Yeah, yeah, I know you're you're a juice advocate. <laughs> what are what are our top juices? Top juices? I mean, you have to say pineapple. Oh, you have to. You have to say pineapple. That would not be in my top three, even. Well, pineapple media, you have to you know respect the parent. <laughs> but I do think I do think never thought about juice. pineapple street media more than <laughs> more than in this interview. <laughs> 
I do think the pineapple is a is an incredible flavor. Uh huh. Incredible. Do you think? Yeah. Sure. Sure. I think pineapple is a good accent flavor. Mm. For what's the what's the base? Like, I don't know. I've never just drank pineapple juice mm. straight. Okay. Well, but I've been doing like a lot of baking in the last year. Pineapple mm-hmm. shows up in a lot of stuff to add moisture. Oh. Carrot cake, a, a good carrot yeah. cake has pineapple in it, and you wouldn't even yeah. know. Hummingbird I, cake from the south, that's like banana cake, but it has pineapples oh. in it. So it, it, yeah. it, it accentuates stuff. But on its own, I'm always like, there's only one reason someone straight up drinks pineapple juice. What is it? And it's sexual. Excuse me. I don't know if we want to go or go in this direction. You are familiar with the with the common what is it? urban legend. I don't know if we call it uh, that mm-hmm. pineapple makes uh, a, a, a man's discharge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no better word for that. <laughs> Sweeter. Well, uh, well, I hate to be the one to break this information to you. Wow. So here I am guzzling. <laughs> Stuff. I not knowing I'm taking away from my friends and neighbors the chance for sweet a sweet semen. That is outburst. true. <laughs> there is a a finite amount of pineapple juice in uh-huh. your area, so every time that you sip it, you're <laughs> taking away <laughs> someone else. <laughs> hmm. This is interesting. Yeah, hmm. I have to say, I'm not entirely sure what the effect on on a, a woman is but but it just goes you know for a fact it goes straight to the balls i don't know for a fact no i mean i'm just repeating kind of the pseudoscience that i've hmm. internalized yeah soft soft science okay okay this is interesting though this is interesting to know uh-huh, uh-huh. This is, this, that's actually helpful for me sure sure so if you, yeah. yeah i mean if you're ever in a situation where you're like you know i wish this had more flavor uh-huh. you know but yeah. again, pineapple juice, an accentuator. Yeah, I see what you mean. I understand. And I wonder if, I mean, I, you know, it's kind of interesting, something I'll never explore. But I wonder if the other juices, you know, it's kind of interesting to think about. You know, I just had I just had unsweetened cranberry juice for the first time. Oh, yeah. You ever had that one? I have. It, it tastes like, it tastes like, um, kind of like you're just, you know, you're kind of drinking your own blood a little bit. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it does. It does taste like the cranberries are really mad at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm a, I'm a man who uh, constantly believes that I have uh, a kidney infection or a UTI, which is basically impossible for a man, uh, <laughs> as many doctors have told me. <laughs> but that didn't stop me from going straight to the cranberry concentrate. That has the uh-huh. warning label on it that says, do not drink this straight out of the bottle. You have to dilute it or you will <laughs> die. And it's still horrible. You can cut it 100% with water and it's still horrible. It tastes so bad. I put, I went down to a single drop per water and it's still at the, ah, every time I took a drink. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't, I'm not like a big sour kind of like tart flavor person. And that is just straight tart. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you, yeah, it seems like you, you're taking on a responsibility. So your juices, so we got pineapple at the top. Um, uh-huh. and then what's, what's the next two? Nectar, nectar, nectar. 
Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> it's not even a juice. <laughs> it's just kind of a category. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. And then like orange. Does no. that make it a bit apple? No. Grape? No. no, no, no. I'm out of juices. Well, it's actually going to go to tomato. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is a savory category. Yeah, well, we just start, you know, you start thin, go thicker. Interesting, interesting. How about a Bloody Mary? Are, are you uh, on board with a Bloody Mary? Well, here's the thing is that I was getting a lot of, uh, I would go out to this bar a lot mm-hmm. and I would order a virgin Bloody Mary. Uh-huh. Which, okay, which is famously big... is just tomato soup. <laughs> but, but, it is, but it is cold uh-huh. and it does have a lot of garnishes. Okay, and it comes in a big tall glass. Right. And it's only really embarrassing for the first 20 seconds when you order it and then the table looks at you. But it is it is a delicious uh, experience. But it is, um, you know, for then I was going, getting it for a while and then the, the waitress started recognizing me and saying, Virgin Bloody Mary. And that, it brought me shame. Yeah. And so I, I said, I'm going to stop ordering this. Uh, that does seem like uh, the type of thing that you don't want to necessarily be known for. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be identified as the Virgin Bloody Mary girl. But it, I mean, if you had a drink, if they're like, well, you can have any drink or you can have this drink that has that tastes like soup and has a bunch of free little snacks. Uh huh. That is true. I I will say the more I think about it, the more I'm like, if you're going to get any drink as a virgin drink, a, mm-hmm. a Bloody Mary, like, honestly, the vodka is the weirdest part of a Bloody Mary. Yes. I uh, saw you also had an item on your list about um, not being sure if your clothes are shrinking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Talk me through that struggle. All the clothes are tighter. Uh-huh. All the clothes are tighter. Right. Over the last year. Yeah. No, just, yeah. Yeah. Last couple months. Uh-huh. Yeah, really tight. The kind of logical solution is that they all must be shrinking. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or over. Yeah, they're the bodies. Right, expanding. right. I there and are two options here. <laughs> yeah. You're either getting bigger or the clothes are getting smaller. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to know. Is there an experiment? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you just have to measure your clothes, you know, get out the tape measure, yeah. measure the shorts. You want me to, yeah, I could tape measure my shorts. Yeah, for right, sure. Right, right. It's, uh, it, it's less invasive than measuring yourself. If you measure um, your shorts, you can see whether the short size changes at all. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people say weigh yourself. But actually the scale, no matter where you put it, it's 80 pounds different. If you if you lean too far to the left or right, you're gonna get a, a vastly different number yeah. than the day before. Oh, I mean, truly, I'm like going on this thing. I'm saying, oh, oh, alcohol makes me sick. Oh, oh, my pants don't fit. Somebody's gonna be like, you are pregnant. You know what I mean? And what if that would be scary, huh? Uh, yeah. Have you ever found out a guest is pregnant on your show? No, this could be a first. Okay. I did have someone, I was doing a stand-up show in Detroit, and someone asked me to tell their mother after the show that they were pregnant, (gasps) and that was too much responsibility. I don't know if you've ever been asked to do some type of announcement like that, but it was, I absolutely ruined it, 
in a way that I was like, now I feel bad that you put that pressure on me. And I like botched your moment. I just like, I just blurted it out. There was no fanfare <laughs> to it. There was no build up. And I, th <laughs> and then I had to stand there while they like had a moment. It was very uncomfortable. It does. Uh, it does seem like a lot of responsibility, but you know that it came from love for sure. Yeah. Well, it came from love. I don't know if it ended with love. It, it possibly didn't end with love. It's. I. You know. I, when I was doing these, I, you know, for a while I was doing kind of any job that came to me. Uh huh. And and I did take a job where it was a fake audition. Okay. Did you know it, it was a fake audition? Yeah, I was a fake casting director. Uh huh. Okay, for these two, one actor was proposing to the other actor. Uh, okay, uh-huh. Okay, so I was like a casting director. I was like, next, next. Uh-huh. And then this one actor comes in, and then we're supposed to be like, oh, would you mind reading with this other actor? And then they're a couple. Uh-huh. And they do the scene. We say, okay, start the scene. And then they start the scene, and then the one actor proposed to the other actor. Okay. And you just kind of had to sit there and, and continue pretending to be a casting director. Yeah. But then after he, he was like, and will you marry me? And then she was like, I don't know. Is this part of the scene? And then she was like, is it real? And then they they started, um, you know, kissing a lot. Uh-huh. And then we, and then we just kind of sat there. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to be part of anybody's intimate moment. Ever. That was that was an intimate moment because you can't leave. <laughs> no, you know, we hadn't been paid yet. You understand? That's true. Yeah, um, yeah. You have to wait at least until you get the check. Yeah, yeah. But it is an intimate moment. It's you know, it's kind of like you. It makes you realize why they do those Disney weddings at six in the morning, you know, or three a.m. That kind of thing. I'm familiar with that time. I like. Oh. Yeah, if you're gonna get married at Disney, you gotta do it at three a.m., six a.m. So you go you're not, the hair you're and not, makeup. Uh, yeah, <laughs> dragging any other park goer into your no. moment. They don't want anybody else to have to witness. Yeah, that makes sense. If you're gonna get married to Cinderella's castle, you're getting up. You're getting up at three a.m. to get your you know face on. That's true. I will never have to worry about that. You don't want to get married at Disney. Um, you know what? What little girl has not dreamed of that? Do I have pictures of myself under, you know, drawings that I did when I was <laughs> four or five in the castle? Sure. <laughs> but the older I get, the more realistic, I, you know, my dreams have become. Oh, dear. Yeah. You know, it's good. To, it's good to kind of revise the dreams for sure. But yeah. Yeah. OK. Different topic. OK. I was listening to you on uh, Mike Birbiglia's podcast um, oh. where you mentioned that you believe people should be eating pizza crust first which does seem like a hot take okay for all pizza or do you stand by this opinion yeah where do you hold the pizza from <sighs> okay here's the thing <laughs> is that people say oh oh geez it's so messy to hold sure what's nicer to hold is bread i would say that's pretty accurate yeah i, I would agree with that sentiment you hold a piece of pizza right you hold it like this right you're you're kind of gripping the what would be the bread back of it with the what would be the point towards your mouth like an arrow. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. But usually people are holding it one on the side, one on the back. I've never gone fingers into the cheesy oily top of a piece of pizza. Not once. 
here's the thing. You're using a napkin no matter what. You're using a napkin no matter what. You think you're holding the bread and you're not going. I'm going to I'm going to correct myself, actually, because I don't know if you because you're you're from St. Louis, right? Uh huh. I'm from outside of Chicago and pizza in the Midwest, I think pretty much all over the Midwest is not cut into slices. It's cut into a bunch of squares. Yeah, square beyond compare, yeah. Uh-huh. And so if you, unless you're getting a crust piece, you're pr- you're getting a piece in the center that is entirely just cheese. Yeah, these fingers have held cheese. <sighs> yeah, I have to, unfortunately, I have to retract what I just said yes. and say that I have, I have done that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. But when I have a piece with crust on it, I'm never going in crust first. What do you do with the crust? I'm always using the crust as a handle. Do you eat it? I do. I'm not, yeah, I'm not one of those people who leaves the crust behind. Uh-huh. If you're leaving the crust behind, you've gotten a bad piece of pizza. Interesting. Don't tell me you're a not eat the crust person if you're going no, in crust no. first. No, no. That's why I do eat the crust first. Yeah. Get it over with. You know what I mean? And because it's, if you're thinking what's the best bite is the tip. That is true. That is true. That juicy tip. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> right, right. And so, you know, if, you, uh, if you're getting that done with first, there's, what are you thinking, 10 bites to a pizza? Sure. If you're slow. Depending on the size is, of piece, yeah, and If mouth. your mouth is small, if your mouth is small, you get 10 pieces max. Uh-huh. One bite, the tap. Then the next bite's two bites. Okay, then, I mean, this is like Fibonacci here. Okay, right. the next bite, who's four bites okay then next but i mean you you can do the math anyone can yeah that's like 10 bites so then you know the best one is going to be that tip that's why i'm saying why you wait you know you finish this piece of pizza you think well time to eat bread just (laughs) finish the delicious thing time to eat bread yeah i mean that sounds fine That, that sounds fine to me but i do get i do get where you're coming from yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing, like, if you get a piece of sweet corn, mm-hmm. if you were doing it right, you'd eat the cob first. Never once have I had that thought. But that's actually, I was going to bring up a video that I uh, that I watched of you making corn chowder. Oh, yeah. Um, Your grandma's recipe, right? Yeah. She wrote a cookbook? She wrote a cookbook. She wrote, she wrote two cookbooks. She's, you know, she's busy lady. Prolific cookbook she, author. Uh-huh. And yeah, so you made this corn chowder. I've never seen the cob of a chow of a corn used anywhere. Yeah, yeah it looked like ratatouille outtakes. It really did not look like a like a good soup. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Uh-huh. When you have that corn cob floating around in it. No, I it very much looks like you've just kind of dumped uh, the the kind of composting bin back yeah. into what you're cooking. Yeah, you, it looks like you got uh, you got uh, some wet trash, uh-huh. and so yeah, you got to take that out. But apparently, there's a lot of flavor in there. I never uh, knew know. that. I learned that from that video. Yeah, you know, you got you know, that's one of those summer soups. You know what I mean? You got that flavor of the, you know, that's one of those summer soups. Yeah, I I do love a, just a hot milk based soup <laughs> on just a blistering summer day. <laughs> I know. I want nothing more than like something creamy and heavy that I can eat. I know you. <laughs> yeah, I know you. I just started. I just started eating salads. Okay, uh, just you in kind those? of like life. 
Or, yeah, you eat those? Uh, yeah, I have occasionally. You know, I like to keep yeah. it. I like to, you know, space them out so I'm not yeah. having too many in one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be good to eat too many in one day. What do you build? What's your What's your salad look like? I don't know. I don't know how to do anything else besides the lettuce and the dressing. Uh huh. Are you just getting like a bag of of iceberg lettuce and then slapping some some ranch on it? Yeah. Okay. So we're get, we're using the word salad kind of liberally here. <laughs> that's a start. I'd say that's okay. where I started at, in my salad journey. When was that? When I first moved to New York. So this should tell you something about kind of the state of mind that I was in when I when I was building that kind of salad. Uh-oh. Kind of like desperate, you know, you you're just kind mm-hmm. of throwing whatever into a bowl and calling okay. it a meal. Um, oh, yeah. But it sounds like that is what you are doing kind of perhaps uh-huh. daily now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. But yeah, you just get a big old bowl, dump out a whole bag of iceberg lettuce, mm-hmm. which I would also say nutritionally is basically water. Yeah. Yeah. Kills bunnies. What? <laughs> Is iceberg lettuce lethal to bunnies? Yeah. You find a group of bunnies under a slide. Uh-huh. You know that scenario? Sure, sure. Yeah. Do not give them iceberg. Okay. They will explode. You gotta give them the darker lettuces. Okay. They get too full. They get too full. They keep eating. They get too full. I mean, the rabbits are kind of wild, if you think about it, the, what they're capable of. In terms of assisting magicians. <laughs> You know, delivering Easter eggs. They take it. No, they, they, you know, they're waste. You know what I mean? Everybody's got it. Uh-huh. They pick it back up, put it in their mouth. No, they don't. They chew it, put, put it back, put it back out. I refuse nope. to believe this. It's not, it's not done. They got to put it back in their mouth, chew it again, poop it back out. This happens like four times until it's essentially just dust. So you're telling me rabbits are human centipeding themselves <laughs> repeatedly. What could there possibly be of nutritional value? They're sucking the last juice out of that thing. You know what I mean? It's like, it's really pretty impressive if you, if you think about it. What is the point of weight? Uh, that to me says that their body is not extracting the nutrients as it should of the first pass. Yeah, no, that's actually a very interesting interpretation. I didn't really think about it like that. I kind of thought it was like, just like they're so thorough. Uh, they're kind of getting, you know, turn it into dust. No, it's the opposite. They're not thorough the first time around. And so they had to. It's like sifting through the garbage, which I have done. Well, you got it. Yeah. I mean, it's not pleasant to think about. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Eating one's feces until it turns to dust. No. Yeah. No, I wouldn't say I, I wanna, wanted to have that image in my head when I pressed record this morning. But here we are. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I was. I was also seeing that on uh, in that video. You you basically said that you have two kind of meals that you are capable of cooking. Uh-huh. Has your cooking capacity expanded at all in the last year? No, no, it's not. So you're not cooking no. anything more than you were, say, nine months ago. No, unfortunately, that's not, yeah. That's, that case is not. Yeah, that it's not the case. Unfortunately, uh-huh. I um, I'm a big fan of. There's just pasta sauce. Can I say the name? Please. Rayos. Are you getting like a basic, your straightforward marinara? Yeah. 
it's not like marinara with spices. No. Or you're yeah, like marinara with herbs. They love to throw Mm-mm. herbs in there. Mm-mm. What is the Rayo's mascot? That's an important part of, of any red Italian sauce. Rayo's mascot. I think it's a store. That's a bad mascot. And that's the picture that we get. Because, you know, Prego, it's like Prego Raku. They have an, a grandma or there's like a little chef with a hat. Chef Boyardee, mm-hmm. famously a mascot. I c- can't say I would buy something that just had like a store on the front of the of the jar. It's interesting. That's how you purchase things. You know, that kind of makes it tricky, doesn't it? You know what I mean? That means you're really only, you know, fr- Frosted Flakes and, um, you know, this, um, you're mostly cereals, you know, and that's hard. Yeah, I mean, I, I I do appreciate that your assumption about me is that I would just would be attracted to Tony the Tiger. <laughs> you just went right for if I'm a visual, if I'm a kind of visual purchaser, mm-hmm. then obviously I would buy Frosted Flakes because he is a tiger on his hind legs. Tony the Tiger, I don't know if you're familiar. I sometimes frequent some some of the less um, savory parts of the Internet. Yeah. Frosted Flakes had to like admonish the, the the community of Frosted Flakes fans because Tony the Tiger was being overly sexualized. How would you think of Tony Ways, if you had to guess? I would put Tony... See, the thing is, he is a tiger. He has a lot of mass, mm-hmm. but he also is fairly lean. But muscle weighs more than fat. So mm-hmm. I would put him maybe at like two, 260, 270. <laughs> Yeah. Would you guess uh, yeah. more or less? Yeah, no, I would put him at 260 for sure. I think that, you know, and I could see him wearing, you know, really tall pants. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting confirmation that a tiger, okay, this is a wildly, <laughs> a tiger weight in pounds ranges from 143 to 683. <gasps> okay, that's a big difference. Yeah, so we were in that range, but also that is, that could be anything. Well, I mean, while you're getting confirmation, why don't you go ahead and ask whoever how much baby weighs? Baby tiger or baby human? Baby human. All right. The aver- I, be- I bet it's wildly, you know, it varies. Okay. According to the WHO, the World Health Organization, mm. FYI, the average birth weight for male babies is, do you have a guess for pound and ounces? Five. Five pounds, zero ounces? Yeah. Wrong. Oh. It is seven pounds, six ounces. That is the average mm. for a for a male, a female baby, seven pound, two ounces. So babies are bigger than we think. You know, I say this with like truly compliments in my heart, but for what I know of you, I bet you were a long baby. <laughs> I am currently six feet, three inches yeah. tall. Yeah, you're long. You're long. I could confirm my length at birth because my, for some reason, my birth certificate is within, um, you know, basically arm's reach. <laughs> but I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly how long I was, nor do I know what you would consider a long baby. Mm. I know what I would consider a long baby. How long is a long baby? Okay. We're getting a visual estimation. That mm. could be, that's about, I don't know, 20 inches. Yeah, that seems like a pretty long baby. That is a horrifically long baby, a monstrously <laughs> long baby. Well, I, would, I don't even know where to where we go from here, besides the fact that now I am compelled to find out how long I was at birth. Yeah, can um, you tell us? 
Are you have to give me like one second to go okay. grab my birth certificate. Okay. I <laughs> if think you really want to know. I think fans will want to know. Okay. What I will ask um, while I go grab that is I was watching, you did a little, a little segment called Rate This Cookie. Wow. Right. Um, where you had strangers rate cookies, but really it was an attempt to try to make friends. Yeah. Would you consider that a success? I would say most people, you know, they had a choice of taking $50 or becoming my friend. Right. And most people did take the $50. <sighs> okay. I see. I see. Which it is, is tough. It is a tough time right now. So I understand why people would opt. Yeah. It's, um, you know, learned a lot about. Yeah. Right. Right. Did you learn uh, anything about your, your own personal cookie preferences? I will say that... Um, you know, what's the best kind of cookie is one that's kind of, you know, it kind of comes off waxy and you think it's going to be kind of unpleasant and then it turns out to be delicious. A waxy cookie? Yeah. I've never encountered a waxy cookie. I bet you have. I can't think of one. Describe what a, a waxy cookie is like. Thin Mint. Thin Mint is not a waxy cookie. Yeah. Ugh. Do you think it would melt? Do you think it would melt? Is that our definition of waxy? Put a, if you put a thin mint in your mouth, uh -huh. it doesn't taste like anything for a couple minutes. Right, right. I mean, there is, yeah, there there is a kind of coating on it mm. of unidentifiable substance, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it waxy. What would you call it? Tough. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of medium, I guess. Yeah. Well done. Well done, cookie. Okay, I have my birth certificate. I cannot wait to find out how long you were. Let's see how much I weighed. Does this information even exist on here? I don't know if it does. <laughs> well, what does it have on it? What are our choices to find out information about you? Okay, it has my birthday, time of birth, my name, mm -hmm. my blood type, mm -hmm. where I was born, where it was signed. Wow, this is disappointing. It does not have my weight or length. What? I guess birth certificates don't have that information. Very curious. There's no way of knowing now. That was, uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing because a lot of people would say I'm really let down by that. But also it's kind of a to be continued. Yeah. I mean, now now I'm on sort of a hunt for that information. I mean, you just turned this podcast into Riverdale. That's true. Yeah. Did you have glasses as a baby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the first accessory they put on me. Even before I got swaddled in a blanket. They put on what well, was pair of Warby Parkers. <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine? Just I'm just thinking of a long baby mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with little glasses. Oh, yeah, what a horrifying sight! <laughs> I don't really know where to go from there, or if we or we even should. Um, well, you know, waxy yeah. cookies, long babies with glasses. I feel like on that note, you know what. Where can um where can people find you and well, your work? Well, yeah, I don't know exactly at this point. That's a good question. Are you doing uh, shows? Are you starting to do shows or is that I'm, still up I guess in the I'm, air? It's up in the air. I'm I, you know, I don't really update my website. Yeah. Who does? It's hard to say who does, but um yeah, I mean, I'm going to yeah, I'm kind of trying to spend a lot of time at Panera uh -huh. and um there's a couple of them. Yeah. Well, there's only so one I know of, actually, and it's in Union Square. It's still open. Yeah. That, yeah, that's Panera. Uh -huh. And um, 
And uh, I guess that you could go to my Instagram, but I'm not really posting a lot. It's not really a rewarding follow. You know what I mean? You know what? It's worth it if if only to to know, you know, when you do post, it's that rare gem of a a hit of Joe. I also just want to apologize because, you know, you were supposed to do my podcast. Oh, right, right, right. And then extenuating circumstances happened and you couldn't do it on that recording date. And then the podcast did get canceled. (laughs) (laughs) I did remember I that was the day that I threw out my back. And I could not, I could not exist in any position outside of just fully horizontal, which would a not have made for a very exciting episode of your podcast, and and b would have been quite painful. So it wasn't supposed to happen, but I do feel bad that it never happened. That that is, so I feel bad about that. You know, it, I wish we could have gotten you on the show before it was unfortunately um ended it's fine i i will recover and then whatever fabulous thing you do next okay i'll have you on something else that that's really good before it gets canceled okay right amazing (laughs) all right on that note um thank you joe thank you thank you matt All right, we're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad shit go down easier, starting with Do Better White People, where we highlight some anti-racism resources and other actions we can take to make our world a little bit better. Barry, what are we highlighting this week? I wanted to highlight Juneteenth because it was just this past weekend. Happy Juneteenth. It just became a federal holiday. And I've mentioned this podcast before, but Undistracted with Brittany Packnett has an amazing interview with Opal Lee. She's known as the grandmother of Juneteenth. Opal Lee is an author and an activist, and she's been one of the people fighting to make Juneteenth a federal holiday for many, many years. And I just thought that I would mention that because it's a great interview that gives a lot of context around the holiday. So especially if you like got the day off of work or something like you can spend some time doing a little bit of research or listening to this interview to really take stock in why you get this day off and why this important day has become a federal holiday. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Yeah. Also fully ridiculous, as has been pointed out by other people, that Juneteenth is a federal holiday and there are people trying to make the teaching of why it is a federal holiday illegal. Yeah. No, insane. <laughs> so all the more reason to learn about it. All right, let's get into the TV we're watching this week. Barry, what you been watching? I have been watching a show that's been on for a little bit, but the third season's coming out and enough people have said like they love it that I'm finally I'm finally in. And that is what we do in the shadows. You can yeah. watch it on Hulu. I loved the movie. I've seen the movie multiple times. Um, for those who don't know, it's Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords, Taika Waititi, and they co-created it and then it turned into a TV series. It is just... It's just a half hour comedy. It's so ridiculous. It's mockumentary style about vampires that mm-hmm. exist. Um, and it's just it's just ridiculous and fun and funny. I especially love that like it's not the type of comedy where like there's a huge overarching plot that you're watching. It's like, no, each episode has like its own little plot and right. you watch it and you just eat it up and it makes me laugh and I'm really enjoying it. So that's what I'm watching this week. What about you? I really haven't watched anything new again. 
I had been in a I've been in more of a reading mood because Ooh. I'm better than you. Okay, <laughs> I'm also reading. Still the same book I've been reading for two months. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm like so determined. I've been reading The Magicians, which is a trilogy, and it is uh each book is 400 pages long, which when you go into it, you're like, oh, this is like a normal size book, uh-huh. this this one book. And then you realize, oh, I have to read all three and that's <laughs> over a thousand pages and this will take up a good chunk of my life. So I've been very determined to finish that and I haven't really been watching anything new. Wow. So veep, veep still. Love it. Always. Uh, what's your non-TV chaser? My non-TV chaser is that... We did spontaneous karaoke. Oh, yes. And it was, oh, my God, just a real nature is healing return situation. Like, we both had just seen In the Heights separately, but around the same time. Mm -hmm. I had texted you right after being like, Anthony Ramos is a god. I believe that was my exact text. (laughs) And you texted back being like, yes, dive karaoke bar. (laughs) And I was like, wait, yes. (laughs) And we did it. And it just, oh, it felt so good. It felt so good. I loved it so much, and it really brought me a lot of joy. Yeah, it was nice to be, um, I mean, talk about a full, like, anti-pandemic activity yeah. where you're just in a room full of people spewing your droplets all over the place. Yeah. Matt's performance of And I'm Telling You, like, people were literally <laughs> on their feet screaming. It was so beautiful. It was he started sitting and then, you know, at a specific cue, went to standing like it was it was a whole moment. It was beautiful. Do you have another chaser or was that yours as well? It might as well be. Yeah, I've been readjusting as we all have Mm -hmm. back into being more social. And uh, yeah, I think for me, because I don't have an office job. So I feel like I've been trying very hard to get back to, like, stay on the rails as much as possible when I'm going out and being social. And Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I'm going to go out and have some drinks with people. I still got to get up in the morning and, like, be productive. I can't be, like, off day. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, that's not really a chaser. It's, It's mostly just me being trying to keep a schedule. Yeah. That is my chaser. Mm hmm. Waking up in the morning. So that you can more more deeply appreciate your chasers when those chasers are going out. Exactly. And that's it for today's show. So thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. If you want more Unhappy Hour shit, and obviously you do, head straight to my Patreon page where you'll get video of bonus Worst Things First stories that were cut from this week's episode and every week's episodes. You'll also get video of extended guest complainer interviews, the full uncut guest complainer interviews, and a bunch of other fun stuff. You also can buy some merch at unhappyhourshop.com. We got shirts. We got hats. We got sweatshirts. And obviously, you can head to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, that's A-U-D-A-C-Y, or wherever you get this podcast. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. I don't want to hear your shit. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Studios. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Melissa Slaughter, Arlene Arevalo, and me, Matt Bellisai. Special thanks to Jen Weiss-Berman and Max Linsky. Our music is by Hans Dale Sue. You can bother Barry at Finkelberry Pie. You can worship me at Matt Bellisai. And you can follow Unhappy Hour Pod on Twitter for all the latest podcast buzz. You can leave us a voicemail on our rant hotline at 601-600-RANT. That's 601-600-7268. And that's it. That's everything. 
Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, Bye-bye. I want you to know that I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you both. I do love your reactions. (laughs) Good. (laughs) You're such a good host and you just try to make it so seamless despite all my efforts to make it not (laughs) I will say, um, I feel like I've gotten better at it uh, since the last time you were were here because- I really try to make it as stunted as possible. And you you say, no, let us make it nice and good and easy to listen to.